I got to tell you, Dad and I had a really wild New Year's Eve. I didn't go to bed till 10. Yeah. We, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, boy, wild, the definition of it changes the older I get. Uh, but a strange thing happened. Uh, we had Christmas, of course, last Sunday. And always, it's in, I think, every priest's head. The first Sunday after Christmas is the Feast of the Holy Family. So all week, Father Lay and I sat down to work on our Feast of the Holy Family uh, homily for today. And if you're thinking, well, that's not the right feast. Well, I know that now. Uh, <laughs> it was so crazy. This year's just unique, right? Christmas is never on Sunday. And so the whole calendar is different. Uh, what's true is January 1st is always the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God. And Father Lay and I figured that out Thursday morning when we sat down for our morning prayer. And we were both so geeked out. We've got our Holy Family homily already done. And uh, the bravery says, you know, on this year, uh, the Feast of the Holy Family was Thursday. Uh, why am I telling you this? Because this homily might stink. We, we didn't have a lot of time to prep. Uh, and I just want you prepared for the inevitable suffering uh, to come. But so, uh, and I was so unclear, you guys, this whole week was a wreck. Literally last night before the four, someone came up to me and said, Happy New Year's Eve. I promise. I went, when is that? <laughs> and it was last night. I'm in charge. Uh, so we sat down. We did. And we said, well, Friday morning, we're going to pray and see where Jesus wants us to go. And Father Lay started talking about how in Fiji, Catholics are a distinct minority, right? Uh, there's just not a ton of Catholics. And, uh, and I told him, you know, it's funny, where I grew up, Montrose, there were, there were 13 Baptist churches, yeah? We were a town of 1,100 people, and there were 13 Baptist churches. Now, here's irony. There were 14 bars. Uh, <laughs> So the Catholics were there. Uh, but one of the things I learned growing up was that when it comes to Catholics and Mary, and he learned this too, your Protestant friends might be either confused or irritated by it. Yeah? That when you talk about faith or pray together or talk, uh, depending on how well they know you, like when I got to college is when I found out, oh, there's even aggression about this. You guys worship Mary. And I never got that memo. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what it led to is truly seminary, I think, was the first time I was in an environment where our love for Mary wasn't something we had to be defensive about. Yeah? And Lay, Father Lay was saying same thing. Same thing for him. And again, this wasn't horrible suffering. No one was persecuting us. It was just one of those things, don't talk about it. They'll yell at you. Yeah? And then here's what Lay told me. He said, one day our priest was talking about uh, when the angel appeared to Joseph and said to him this line, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary in your home. You remember that? And he said, that priest told us, guys, I know people get mad at us. They yell at us and get irritated about it, but... Don't be afraid to take Mary in your home. And it struck me as a powerful thing to think of for you and for me. 
Don't be afraid of what we believe about Mama. We've believed it for 2,000 years. And there's good reason for us to believe that. There's a good reason that we set aside this day, the beginning of our secular year, to say, God has a mom. Isn't that nuts? You know he didn't need one, right? He didn't have to do it this way. Last week, I think, yeah, Christmas, I talked about how he didn't have to come as a baby, and he sure didn't have to be born poor during a census in a barn. Yeah, that's a choice. And it's a choice for him to have a mom. He didn't have to do it. People always ask me, where was Jesus between his, like, 12 years old and 30? No idea. I wasn't there. Uh, And nobody wrote about it. There are parts of Jesus' life where he was completely comfortable with you and I having no information at all. He wanted us to know he had a mom. God, the creator of the universe, he who holds all creation together in himself, said, I'm going to need a mom. I'm going to need a mom to feed me, to take care of me. I'm going to choose to have a mom. And I hope this isn't morbid, uh, and if it is, I'm committed here. Uh, I've been at a lot of deaths. I really have. I would say hundreds, maybe even approaching a thousand or more. And some of them have been violent and awful. I have held people covered in their blood and mine, praying. And I can tell you, the toughest, baddest men on the planet, when they're dying, they're calling for mom. There is something about mom, isn't there? Even if you might think, my mom wasn't a good person or wasn't good at being mom, even then, she's in there. It is the human experience that we are, and literally, I don't know if you've ever read these studies, when a woman gives birth to a child, she carries a part of that child in her for the rest of her life. That child is in her DNA, and, and he and she is in his or hers. Mom is so important to us. And so, of course, God had a mom. If it's important to us, it's important to him. That's what the incarnation's all about. Jesus saying to us, God saying to us, you cry? All right, I'm going to cry. You get betrayed, I'll get betrayed. You die, then I'll die. You got a mom, I got a mom. That's the humility of our God, isn't it? I love that. And I know I've said this before, but I can't tell you, and it's wonderful, how many times people send me links to homilies from other priests, yeah? And I like that. I want to be clear. I hope this doesn't sound... But you know what they're always about, right? Politics. Yeah? Listen to this brave priest speak the truth. That's what it always says. Which means listen to this guy who agrees with me say what I agree with. Yeah? You know what I've never had a homily share with me on? Humility. And it seems to me that's fairly to partly cloudy important, isn't it? Our God is so humble. This humility of our God says that you got a mom, I'll have a mom. But then here's what's really, really cool. 
He then said, and how about I give you mine? You get two. You and I get two moms. And here's how it works. When Jesus was on the cross, it says there were one, two, three, four women there and one dude. Isn't that about it, right? The guys were off doing something. And one of those women, of course, was his mom. Yeah, and the other, it says, quote, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, if you look at that Gospel of John, he refers to himself in two ways. He refers to himself as John. And he refers to himself as, quote, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And when he does that, he's not bragging, although he might have been. I think he was bragging when he pointed out he and Peter ran to the tomb and he got there first, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, Peter was the first, but I got to the tomb first. Uh, but... He wasn't bragging. He was using that phrase because that's how he's talking about you and me. When John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, he's talking about you and me. He's standing in for us. And so at the foot of the cross is us and his mom. And what does Jesus say? Woman, that's your son. Son, that's your mom. And he uses the word ishi, your mama. That was a culture where losing your only son meant you might die of starvation. There's no banks. There's no 401ks. His last act was to make sure somebody took care of his mom and to let his mom have somebody to take care of. And who is that? That's us. He's from there saying it to you and me right now. That's your mom. And what do we do about that. Do we worship her? Dear God, no. She wouldn't want that. She wants us to talk to her. She wants us. Your mom ever do this? Oh, you, you know, you call? You didn't call yesterday. I, I'm, I'm calling now, you know. <laughs> she wants to hear your voice. If you don't think it would change a human person to hold God in their womb, then we don't understand the incarnation. Holding Jesus in her body changed her. She didn't earn it. She'd be the first to tell you. She didn't make it. God made it. Because he knows we need mom. And for those of us who've lost our mom, you know it becomes even more important. Talk to her. Ask her to pray for you. I had a buddy, and I love him, but he was like, the scripture says we have no advocate for Jesus. But he'd asked me to pray before. If we're going to ask anyone to pray, then why not ask, I don't know, God's mom? It's a fairly good idea. I'd rather ask a saint to pray than ask one of us. I mean, I love you guys, but they're better at it. Yeah? <laughs> And you know, St. Paul got it. You picked it up from our second reading. Where'd she go? Oh, she read so well. She went back. Good move. It's, uh, yeah, you're a good Catholic. Um, this is what happens when I don't prep a lot. Sorry. St. Paul got it. You heard it in the second reading. And it's one of the most underrated parts of St. Paul's theology, how obsessed he was with this idea. You and I are God's kids. And with Paul talking about how we are the body of Christ. 
That's the thing he talks about the most. And where did that come from? Well, it came from when his name was Saul and he hated Christians. And he killed them. And he arrested them. And he was goose-stepping his way to Damascus to kill some more. When suddenly Jesus appeared to him, ouch, and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Well, that was the first time he met him. He'd never met Jesus before. That's what I would have said. Chief, I don't know you. You know, glowy guy appears before you. Jesus was telling Saul something that he took in his heart and held for the rest of his life. When you touch God's family, you touch God. Why do you persecute me? He didn't persecute Jesus by our standards. He persecuted Jesus' family. And so what was Jesus' point? Um, We're connected. And if Mary is the mother of Christ, then I guess she's the mother of the body of Christ, isn't she? She's your mom. She's our mom. He gave us to her at the cross. Because he's not just humble, he's generous. We needed a mom, so he wanted a mom. He loves us, so he gave us that mom. So talk to your mom. Ask her to pray for you. And don't be afraid to take her in your home. And if somebody rolls up on you and says, where's that in the Bible? Well, it's next to the verse that says everything's got to be in the Bible, huh? And we don't need to be defensive or argue. That doesn't help. Relationships speak much better than arguments. So love your mom. Talk to her. Ask her to pray. And be so terribly grateful for her. And be grateful for the humility of our God, huh? Be grateful for the generosity of our God. We don't deserve this, but we don't make that call. So today, we start our year with the feast of Mary, the mother of God. And that's amazing. And what's amazing, too, is she's our mom as well. Amen? Amen. Okay.